Welcome to the first ever episode of Topical with Michael Schaefer. I'm joined today with my close... Come on, with and by. It's a good start to the podcast. I'm joined today by my close personal friend, Peter Jones. Michael Schaefer, my friend. Thank you so much for having me on the show, my friend. (laughs) Mate, this is exciting. It's our first ever podcast, which means that years from now, this could lead to our cancellations. Fingers crossed. That's why I came on. You're you're desperate to be cancelled. It's actually famously desperate to be cancelled. I actually am quite excited about the prospects of getting cancelled. I'd love to be given the opportunity to host the Oscars, and then 10 years from today, we're about to walk on stage. But then someone uncovers this yeah. episode. Right before you get your, your big SNL audition, you've been <laughs> announced as a member of the cast and people are like, how did Michael Schaefer possibly make it? Yeah. <laughs> this guy can't do improv. Has <laughs> he made it this far to make it onto SNL? I'm and yet- notoriously very bad at improv, Yeah, which is why I shouldn't be doing a podcast. But today we've got episode one. We're going to be covering all of the big stories. We've got ham bands. We've got <laughs> raw chicken. Um, we're going to talk about how comedy is now the most dangerous job in the world. Are you excited, Pete? Oh, mate. (laughs) I can't wait. Let's roll the intro music. That's one small step for podcast. One giant leap for comedy. We are stripped down and ready to go. I'll never surrender. But I ain't spending any time on it. Please explain. I'm going to. Okay. And, and we're back. <laughs> yeah, wow, man, that what a tune. It's pretty good, hey? What a banger. Pretty good. Uh, thanks to Arnie for putting that together. So, Pete, uh, the most dangerous job in the world is now being a comedian. Mm-hmm. So, this is recorded on a Thursday. So, if anything happens after. Thursday afternoon, mm-hmm. it's not going to be on the podcast, but this happened last night slash early this morning, so we can talk about it. Yeah. Dave Chappelle, he got tackled at the Hollywood Bowl Yeah, during a show. Yeah. Uh, so you have seen the footage or you haven't? I have seen the footage. Uh, I've seen like a blurry footage from the distance where a guy tries to tackle him and kind of like half tackles him. Like he kind of <laughs> misses... Like he doesn't get a good grip on Dave he, Chappelle. He doesn't seem to take him stage, down. Yeah, coast to grab him, and then Dave Chappelle kind of like topples with him, more like a momentum thing rather than a tackle. Like yes. if somebody ran it, bumped into you, you'd also topple. Um, he I toppled don't know him. Any, I then all I know is that does Jamie Fox grab him <laughs> and drag him backstage <laughs> and then break his arm? This is the craziest story for this person ever. Not only did he tackle Dave Chappelle, but then it wasn't... I think there were security guards, but yeah, I think Jamie Foxx then beat the crap out of him. And then Chris Rock was also there. I think it's actually almost an incentive to tackle a comedian if you get to meet all of their friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, especially a big gig like that. Everybody was there. It was very exciting. It makes me think that... uh, Because people... I went on Studio 10 this morning and they were asking, like, is comedy the most... A dangerous job. They were asking. They that. were asking me. And I was like, it must be the most dangerous time to be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and as a joke, you know what, that who who's hosting Studio Town at the moment? Uh, Is Carrie Ann still there? No, Carrie. Carrie Ann. She got cancelled. I think. Oh really? Well, she's on, the, she's on the podcast next. Carrie Ann should run in and tackle <laughs> Joe Hildebrand, <laughs> and that would make you know. Joe Hildebrand is a Sky News man now. So oh, is he really? Yeah, they've yeah, lost I'm, all the I'm heavy so hitters. So late on my Studio Ten. But they asked me, is um, is comedy now the hardest job? Hmm. In the world, and I wanted to say this on is TV. Is Denise still there? <laughs> Who's there? Well, Denise isn't. It's Sarah Harris and Tristan Burke. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> Lovely guys, huge fans. Watch the show. Tune in nine till twelve weekdays on ten. I'm a company man, Pete. As yeah, you know. I know, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, you know, he's being a comedian, the hardest job. And I just think it's so funny that Vladimir Zelensky used to be a comedian, mm-hmm. and now he's probably going, yeah, thank God I got out of that career. Yeah, yeah, it could have been pretty tough. <laughs> I'd stuck around. <laughs> having Russian mercenaries try to hunt me down is a lot better than having to perform in front of a live audience. I mean, with okay, with the Dave Chappelle, here's my questions about the Dave Chappelle. Who was the person who tackled... Do we know anything about the motivations? Know nothing about the motivations. Right. People assume that it was based on Dave Chappelle's comments about transgender people, but... I think that's... that's No. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just the context around it, but I don't think anyone actually knows that that was the motivation. Yeah, hey, right. tune in next week. Maybe we'll know more. But mm. he just seems like a crazy guy who wanted to tackle a comedian. Yeah. I reckon it could have been any. I think you're going to get the most press if it was Dave Chappelle. We've done some. I mean, it should have been Chris Rock. <laughs> you should have done Chris Rock. <laughs> it would be so He's much right He's also in the building, you know, or in the bowl. Well, I think Chris Rock was there to beat him up afterwards. Yeah. Have you. We've done a lot of awful gigs together Mm -hmm, over the mm -hmm. years have you had any times where you have felt physically unsafe on stage or off stage uh i don't think i have actually i think they've all been i mean i've done gigs you know when you you roll into like a uh, like a cricket club or like a i've done a footy club where they were kind of like if you're doing a footy club, you're performing at a footy club and the majority of the crowd, once like women start coming in, their girlfriends start coming into the gig, you're like, oh, all right, all right, it's going to be all right. But if they don't show up and it's just just the boys, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is going to be awful. <laughs> yes. It's too much energy. It's too much testosterone around room. I've done that before. It's the Beaconsfield Football Club. Mm. Had an awful set and I was like, I wanted to get out of there very quickly because I felt like someone might try to fight me or something in the car park. Yeah. But the only time I've ever felt physically threatened was I was doing a gig at the local in St Kilda a few years ago. <laughs> really? Yeah, an unexpected place. Mind you, St Kilda, you know, you've got yeah, some yeah. weird people floating around. And I was talking about like my cancer stuff at the time, as I tend to do. And there was a guy in the crowd who was very drunk and had been heckling throughout the night. And then he was like, oh, my girlfriend's got cancer. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. And I, but I felt like he thought that I was making jokes about <laughs> cancer and people with cancer. And I was like, no, I'm, I've got cancer. Like, I'm talking about it myself. And he's like, no, my girlfriend does. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I'm the one person going to have cancer. So, and then he uh, came to the stage. Yeah. He was like, I just want to give you a hug. I just want to give you a hug. But he didn't have the energy of a man who wanted to <laughs> give me a hug. And Harley Breen stepped in between us. Oh, really? Yeah. And I've always been thankful to Harley Breen for saving. That's uh, wild. Yeah. For saving me from this man. And on the way out, they escorted him out of the room and on the way out, he was yelling his Instagram handle at people. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you got to respect a man who's just always hustling. You know what I mean? And then we looked, it was like AJ33. I don't know exactly what it was, but we looked it up and he was full on like an Instagram model slash influencer. It was yeah, just right. him with his top off. This guy was ripped. He would have <laughs> absolutely punished me if he got to that stage. So good thing he didn't. Yeah, with those, those footy club ones, I think that the closest I've come to, it's somebody else on the gig getting threatened is the closest I think I've come to feeling threatened. (laughs) Or there was one where it was like, it was pretty rowdy. And at one point somebody pushed over the light. 
I was like, oh my god, they're smashing like the the the, light, the spotlight. The spotlight went crashing to the ground and broke. I'm like, oh my god, they're going crazy. Nah, they're just clumsy. It's <laughs> 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 a clumsy guy kind of like bumbled his way into the light. I'm like, look out, it's chaos. <laughs> and they're like, I'm so sorry, we'll pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing a gig in Sydney where a guy, it was just like, it was like a 6 p.m. show, pretty mellow. And I was like going over my night, no- like it was just like groups of like three, not even rowdy. And I was going over my notes looking at what my set list, what I'd do. And a guy goes, put that away. The host, he's like, put that away. This is a bear pit. <laughs> I'm like, this is the most polite crowd I've ever seen. <laughs> p.m. Put it away. This is a bear pit. I'm like, it's 6 p.m. on a Wednesday. <laughs> Everyone's tittering politely yeah, at the yeah, jokes. They're all paying attention. Like, what do you think a bear pit is? That's so weird because I think that there aren't any more of those real bear pit gigs mm. going around. Like, there used to be one in Edinburgh, but I checked out a couple of years ago and it was just a normal gig now yeah and now the one of the comedy festival the exford they call it the bear pit but it's actually just a normal gig and yeah years ago you always hear about like somebody years ago getting stabbed at that yeah. gig and you're like oh man it's crazy and then you go and it's just like oh well this seems fine yeah 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 you've got no way to relate to those you speak to those older comics who are like yeah guy got glass and the guys who still call it the bear pit those are my favorite open mic it's <laughs> yeah. just like yeah i'm going out of the bear it's like they've got a stage now. <laughs> there's a stage, there's a light. Oh, it's so You're going to get torn apart at like a pretty good gig with a good host. <laughs> like, look out. I'd much rather do that than any open mic. Yeah. <laughs> any none of the Like work. there's people there and they're having a good time. Like I don't understand. <laughs> look out. It's crazy. But I'd love to talk about getting punched on stage more, but I want to get to our big story of the week. Oh, yeah, what's the big story of the week? Which is the hand ban that I... <laughs> You're obsessed. <laughs> hand ban's a fun thing to say as well. I think I just like saying hand ban. Yeah. Did you hear about this story during the week? Uh, this is the Cancer Council um, think that you shouldn't pack ham sandwiches for your kids because ham can give you cancer? Yes. Right. And very funnily, I think it's so entertaining that this has become part of the culture war. Mm. So now it's like progressive left when people are like, yeah, don't give your kids ham. And then... can I, with the ham, it's processed ham, right? Like yeah, it's two different types of ham. Yeah, I think proper ham that you yeah. like buy at a butcher. Yeah, you is, can still give them that. You can still do that. Right. And also, there's no ban on it. It's just an advice. Yeah, right. So that's <laughs> so I should clarify that my, I just like saying ham ban. Yeah, there's yeah. no actual ban. <laughs> They've just said, the cancel council have, have come out and said, hey, you know, we don't think you should be giving your kids processed mm-hmm. meat anymore, including ham because it has been linked to cancer. And like this is just something that's been known for years. A few years ago, the World Health Organization came out and said bacon causes cancer. Yeah. And everyone just went, we don't care. We're still going to yeah. eat bacon. And that's perfectly reasonable. I get annoyed as a Jewish person that every time uh, an organization comes out and says you can't eat bacon or you can't eat ham, it just kind of reinforces the myth that we control the media. Do you know what I mean? Well, you invited me on this podcast. <laughs> that's true. The yeah. biggest podcast in Australia. <laughs> the biggest podcast in Australia. That's true. I mean, I should probably... If I really cared about perpetuating injury stereotypes, I would cancel this show right now. <laughs> but it always, it, it always has always bothered me that whenever like the cancer, cancer Council just gives out advice... Mm. I, you can take it or leave it, like who, who gives a shit. But the way that <laughs> this has become part of a culture war now. So yeah. now, Dom, so this was a quote from Dominic Perrottet, who's the Perrottet, Perrottet, he's the New South Wales Premier. Yeah. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen a politician have to say earnestly. He was defending the parents who give their kids processed ham. Yeah. And he said, uh, didn't Homer Simpson call the pig the amazing, wonderful animal? First of all, 
That's a misquote. He called the pig a, a magical animal, first of all. <laughs> so I'm offended by, by that mistake. Also, there's no way that Dominic Perrottet allows his own children to watch The Simpsons still. Yes. He's got such the energy of like a dad in 1990. It's Christian dad in 1993. Like I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons growing up. There's no way that Dominic Perrottet still is allowing his 25 children to watch The Simpsons. Didn't Homer Simpson say this? Like, come on, mate. That would explain why he misquoted yeah, the yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually never seen one. And then he went and said, um, yeah, we all love pig. We all love ham and pork and bacon. And I think it's great for kids. Like, I love how he's chose like there's the cancer council that have come out and said, hey, we've done yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. empirical research. We've got the data. It's peer reviewed. And then he's like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure this fictional character <laughs> who has obesity <laughs> and had to go in for a triple bypass once. Yeah. I'm team that guy. But also you can still the cancer council. You can still give them ham. Yeah. You've just got to buy them better quality ham. Yeah. And do you know who doesn't care about not eating ham sandwiches at school? The kids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the kids really mind. They don't want them. <laughs> if your kid's like, oh, I want my processed ham and cheese sandwich. It's just like, that kid's a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, there's something wrong with them. Have better standards. You can, they can, they're happy to eat anything else. They're children. <laughs> they don't care. It's actually so true. I mean, I remember my mum would give me... What did you get in your lunchbox? My mum would they give, didn't me give me anything. <laughs> <laughs> you would have killed for a ham sandwich back in your day. I would have loved it. <laughs> I like Vegemite sandwich, or I don't think I, I don't think we would have had ham and cheese. I kind of, I mean, I'm, I think so, maybe. The first time I had a ham, the first time I had ham, mm. I was eighteen, and I was traveling around Europe, yeah. and. I was in my rebellious stage because I, I just left my, my Jewish home and my Jewish school yeah. and was like, I'm going to try some bloody ham. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a ham and cheese sandwich. Yeah, right. And I was with two other Jewish friends. And one of them said to me, you can't have meat and milk together. I'm like, well, if I'm eating a ham, <laughs> let's just go all out. You know what I mean? Let's throw some dairy in there too. And I had it and it was so disappointing. Yeah. To be told for 18 years that you can't have this, you build it up in your mind as the most exciting delicious yeah. meats you could ever have and it must have been the processed ham crab yeah because you can still give your kids ham sandwiches <laughs> you can if you want to give cancer them cancer council's <laughs> like you can but just like not the processed ones that will give them cancer yeah. the idea that there's anybody who's like well i want to give my kids cancer <laughs> i like the idea of parents being like well oh no, it's my right to give my kids a pack of cigarettes and asbestos for lunch okay so yeah. if i want my kid to get cancer that's my choice just my child my choice, <laughs> my child, my choice. just give them a cheese sandwich like, i don't know and they, i like the cancer council also gave options as to what else you could give them and the idea that there's anybody like a kid who doesn't care yeah I, <laughs> not fighting for the ham to stay in their lunchbox. I found it really funny when you read the Daily Telegraph article about this, it opens with outrage over parents being told mm. not to eat ham and then like three quarters of the way into the article, they're like, oh, by the way, the reason is because ham causes cancer. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just bury that information yeah, three quarters it's down. It's the cancel, cancer council's advice and that anybody is just like mad at them for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Dominic Perrottet is just like... Oh uh, yeah, I, like I think I think we know that w you should be allowed to eat ham. It's just like you can eat ham, <laughs> eat good ham. Just don't kill yourself when you eat the ham. Speaking of uh, awful, or, speaking of killing yourself with food, did you see uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison's um, chicken curry this week? I mean, I know he loves a curry, and I know we love that he loves a curry because it makes him so down to earth. And such a regular, definitely human man. Because <laughs> he's just an Aussie bloke. That's what I like about him is how relatable <laughs> and Aussie he is. And he's also got cool nicknames like 
like, like we all have, you know, scoma. Scott. How's <laughs> <laughs> Scott for a name? <laughs> is Scott short for anything? No, it's Scott. It's just Scott. That's his surname. I like, <laughs> I like how his, uh, his nickname has more syllables than his actual name. Yeah, it's Scott. <laughs> um, I did see the photographs because you sent them to me. The yes. photos of um, his chicken that didn't look quite cooked mm. in the... Um, this is a huge curry. story, by the way. And it has been for over a week. Which is Because he had to address it. <laughs> Which is the funniest thing. And he came out and said that it was the light in the room <laughs> that made the chicken look uncooked. This was a... There was a photograph. So the Herald Sun had to mock up a piece of graphic design to convey this information. There's a beautiful... We'll put this up maybe in the video so people can see it. But if not, just go to the Herald Sun web. Just Google Herald Sun Scott Morrison. There's a beautiful graphic of his quote, which is people went back for seconds. It was just the way the light bounced off the skin of the chicken. And then they've got a picture of the... People went back for <laughs> seconds. This man is bizarre. <laughs> why, don't, why can't he just say... Why does he even have to talk about it? Why address it? Why address it? <laughs> Do you think that maybe the more that people are talking about... His that curry, curry looks shit. Well, people loved it. <laughs> like, really loved it. People wanted more of it. What are you talking about? And by people, he's talking about his family, right? Yeah. Well, it's so, so weird to say people. Because <laughs> <laughs> he says it like he's he was catering. Yeah, for Jenny. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you mean your, your wife and children had a second so, helping? The, the original photo, is it of like multiple dishes? There was like a, an eggplant... A curry in the background. Loves the curry. Loves the curry. <laughs> An eggplant one. You can't, I mean, you, you can undercook eggplant, but at least it won't kill you if you yeah, do it's that. Just... I don't know what the cancer council has said about <laughs> undercooked eggplant. <laughs> but you've got this, under, this, got this mm. eggplant tamarind thing, which looks great. And then the chicken korma, I believe it was, in the foreground, which I thought looked quite good, but then some eagle-eyed... Mm. Social media snoops have said that it looks undercooked. And it just, over I think three days, it just stayed in the headlines. And so he's had to come out and talk about it, which I just think shows the quality of political discourse in this country <laughs> leading up to an election. Yeah. I've got a very consequential election coming up in like two weeks as yeah. well. And people are already voting. People are already putting their ballots in the mail. Yeah. I did mine the other week. And who'd you vote for? Great question. <laughs> I actually don't mind telling people who I've yeah, voted yeah. for. I voted for uh, Josh Burns, who's my local Labor MP. And people always assume that I'm a Labor man because I'm like a like on social media, people are like, oh, what a bloody woke lefty. Yeah. I voted for Josh Burns for two reasons. <laughs> what First a bloody woke lefty <laughs> voting for a centrist party. I know. <laughs> <laughs> These bloody socialists. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like, what are their fiscal policies? They're just going to do pretty much the same thing that... Yeah, just without as many irritating people yeah. in charge. That's, I mean, that's what the Labor Party is. It's like, hey, do you like the policies of the Liberals but hate all the people yeah. there? Vote for us. Would you like these bad people to have grown up working class? Yeah. <laughs> Vote Labor. So I, I voted for Labor for two reasons, to be honest. So Josh Burns is uh, Jewish. I like to have a Jew in Parliament. <laughs> Shoot me. I like to have a Jew in Parliament. We've only got like one or two, and I just think it's good to have one there. Yeah. And also, he booked me for a gig a few years ago. I performed at a Labor fundraiser around the corner. Yeah. And he paid me money to perform for this fundraiser. So I was like, he's got my vote forever. I mean, the Liberals... <laughs> the Liberals always talk and about how... Like, financial... 
<laughs> support that I can get behind for the arts. This is the thing. Like they, so the labor. What I thought about it, labor paid me money to do my job, mm-hmm. and the liberals gave me money to not do my job yeah. when I was on JobKeeper for quite a long period of time. I'd prefer to be paid money to do my job because I like yeah. doing comedy. Yeah. So that's what kind of swung my vote. Yeah, great. In the end. <laughs> Love that. Have you voted yet? I haven't voted. I will vote. Is it personal? Uh, no, I mean, I'll vote Greens. Yeah. And then I'll probably preference to Labor. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the seat I'm in, I'm pretty sure the previous candidate, the Greens candidate, held a fundraiser where he paid me to perform stand-up comedy. <laughs> 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 this is the secret to what is the secret of my vote. I mean, I'd vote Greens anyway, but the, 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 it so is a coincidence. That they they wasted their money. They, they wasted their money. money. <laughs> they, I was I was in the bag, but um, yeah, <laughs> it is bizarre that the person in my area, in my seat as well, was also previously or a previous candidate has. I'm just saying, hey, if Frydenberg wants to start... I'd actually, I say Frydenberg, he's not even my... Frydenberg's not mine either. Yeah, I think he's cool. I don't even know. I think her name's Colleen or something, but yeah. I think she's new. If she wants my vote at the next election, <laughs> book me, baby. You can get in touch with me. I'm very available on social media. I'll make time. I think it's interesting, though, how people are very um, coy about who they vote for as a general rule. Mm, which is often the, the clear sign that they're voting liberal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're voting for a party that um, has very, very poor values. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I don't want to tell you who I'm voting for because I'm embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that was the same. That was the Trump effect, that people got very um, skewed polls yeah. when they were interviewing people about who they were going to vote for because the people who were going to vote for Trump didn't want to say that publicly, yeah. which I think is so funny. Yeah. Like, because if you're going to vote for a party, surely you're happy to stand by that vote publicly. But yeah. when you know there's like a voice in the back of your being like, oh, this isn't the right decision, but I'm doing it anyway. I just think that's so funny. I saw, um, I saw a great clip of, um, it was uh, Friendly Geordies, who, mm. you know, fellow Labor voter. <laughs> He's on the podcast next week. He was week. talking about how he doesn't like the Greens because um, it's a waste of a vote because, uh, because through preferences, only 80% of Greens votes end up going to Labor. Mm-hmm. And then that they should vote Labor first, um, which I think is a big misunderstanding of how preferential voting works. Because <laughs> if their preference is only eighty percent of the preferences are going, I suspect eighty percent of their preferences are only for Labor. The other twenty percent would vote Liberal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if you give them a two-party choice, it goes eighty twenty. It doesn't yeah. go hundred percent to the party you want them to. Anyway, I'll be honest. I have no idea how the preferencing works. You I don't just... know how the preferencing works. No, I really. <laughs> Whereas as you was as you were explaining that to me, I was like a nodding. Yes, that is how it works. So if I vote first for Greens, yeah, yeah, and then they don't pre- win, and they don't get, an, they don't get the, they're not one of the top the majority. Two. Yeah, if they're the first, you know, have like you can vote for like eight parties. Yeah, 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 if, yeah. Which I did. Yeah, I just put I just put like the United Australia Party and Pauline Hanson last. If I vote Greens and then Labor is my second preference, and the final two parties are Labor and Liberal, that are the could possibly go to right then if it goes le- to labor it goes to labor i understand okay so preferences actually do matter quite a preferences lot preferences matter incredibly <laughs> <laughs> preferential voting is so important <laughs> i'm so glad to have you on the podcast today babe, because i wish i had you on before i voted the only way the only way preference preferen- preferential voting doesn't work is if the other party like if liberal party got over 50 percent of the vote in the first round of voting there's no need for the preferences because they win yes 50 percent of the vote yes but if they don't that's when preferential voting really comes into play. Which is probably in most electorates, I would have thought. Most electorates. Yeah, great. In which case, <laughs> you can vote for minor parties, but make sure your preferences go to, like, Labor before they go to Liberal. Yes. If you care about, I mean... 
I mean, I what wish are I we doing it. <laughs> <laughs> they started off riffing about who they were voting for, and then they just got very serious and started explaining the preferential voting system. I mean, it's a good system. It's such a be- it's such a better system. It allows us to have more parties. The problem is that people don't really understand it, and so they go. Well, no one understands it. I can understand. I think I'm. A relatively intelligent. I would have thought you would have understood the preferential voting system. I understood it at one point in my life. <laughs> and then, because you kind of learn about it once every three what, years. If you're voting for one of the major two parties, you don't really need to understand how the preferential right. voting system works. Okay, well, I voted for Labor, so I guess I don't I've need to I've never voted vote. for a major party first. Right. I used to vote Australian Democrats when it was... <laughs> <laughs> like was my first party I ever voted for Natasha stopped to spoil yeah, of course. She was the leader of that she party was the leader at the time. Anyway that's a real throwback So the reason Sorry the reason I mentioned How people are coy mm. be, Was because And I said this uh, As a bit of a riff last night At this little gig that we did yeah. I was talking with a, a heckler At a gig a week ago And she was Giving all this information About an STD oh, That yeah. she had contracted I yeah. was performing it Like a backpacker's and she was talking about this STD that she just um, contracted and she was saying, I have to go and get... And she was announcing this publicly to the crowd. She was like, I have to go and get condoms because as she later told me, I have a dick appointment coming up and I need to make sure I've got condoms so I don't give this poor gentleman my STD. And I asked her what STD she had and she explained that to me. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then uh, we got on the topic of politics and whatever and I was like, oh, so... Her name was Emma. I was like, Emma, who are you voting for at the election? And she's like, mm, it's personal. <laughs> <laughs> I just find that so bizarre that you're happy to tell people about the, uh, to announce a room, like your STD. I don't understand what, I mean, I, I guess I can understand why not, but like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> is it just like you don't want the blame when Scott <laughs> yeah. Morrison is re-elected in no, a landslide? <laughs> Emma, no one's going to call you up and be like, bloody oath. Bloody it was Emma. your fault. <laughs> I've got chlamydia Jeez. and <laughs> fucking and sucking in a backpackers to go out and vote for the right party. Learn enough about the issue. You didn't do the compass on the ABC website. Good Emma needs to know about preferential voting. Yeah. I hope she's listening. Pete, uh, there's probably one more big story of the week that I'd like to chat about, uh, which is, this is part of our hot take segment. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we'll have a sting. We don't even need a sting if we've just got you doing that. Throw it on the the stove. Top. (laughs) (laughs) Hot take segment. This is how much I love um, Australia because you realise how fortunate we are to live in this country because in America, the big story is, of course, the abortion. The white <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. It looks like abortion could be uh, banned in mm-hmm. several states in the, in the US if uh, Roe v. Wade is overturned. So we've got abortion potentially being banned in the US and then in Australia, there's a big hand ban going on. <laughs> That's how you know you're in a country where like everything it's fine. Like yeah, if that's yeah, yeah. if that's the front this page. This is what we're arguing about. Yeah, if we're <laughs> if arguing about our, our Christian conservative leaders are arguing about is about allowing your children to take ham to school. It's just like all right. <laughs> <laughs> the big stories of the day are the ham ban and whether or not this chicken was properly cooked. Yeah. And in America, they're like, oh no, we're losing our fundamental human rights and yeah. we're regressing into a totalitarian state. And we're like, oh cool, things are going, <laughs> things are fine here. That's yeah, no, always great. My hot take is the whole purpose, and I, I can't imagine we'll have any listeners in the US, but if we do, this is a call to arms because the whole purpose of the Second Amendment 
in the US mm-hmm. is specifically to protect yourself against government overreach. Yes. So if you are a, a pro-choice person in America, now is the time to go out there and purchase a firearm and take up arms against the state or the Supreme Court. This is what you're asking people to do. <laughs> 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 Did you want this to stay up on Spotify? Or? <laughs> Is it? Will it be problematic if I incite a war? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I'm not saying you should do this. I'm just saying that the US Constitution... Is this the implication that you've taken from it? This is what this seems like they're asking you to do. Well, it seems like that's why they have the Second Amendment is to go... I think, And I do think, though, that it would be fascinating if, hypothetically, every woman in America went out and just bought a gun. They didn't have to, like, necessarily use it. They just had the gun. Yeah. Surely the Supreme Court would come back next week and be like, oh, no, 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 we're not... We're not no, weird. that's exactly what they want. <laughs> What do you think they, they want? They want people to buy firearms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a win-win for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever lobbies that are paying this, like they're fine with. That's it. interesting because the NRA, are the yeah. conservative base, they yeah. would actually the you gun know, lobbies were like, yeah, great. This is fantastic. The more that <laughs> if this the solution is, we ban. <laughs> we, one, we ban abortions. Two, we sell more, more guns. guns. It's a win-win for us. We don't mind. That actually would be fascinating if they were pulling the strings behind the scenes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't put it this past them. This is what they them. wanted. <laughs> you wouldn't put it past them. Uh, Pete, one last question for you because this is a huge story as well mm-hmm. in the news this week. Uh, would you take a pay cut to work from home? I know that's a weird question to ask someone who's like a comedian. Like, would you? Okay, would you? Did you like doing Zoom gigs? No. Yeah. Okay. Because that's essentially working from home as a comedian. Yeah. yeah. No, they were. Uh, I mean, they were fine, but they were like the idea of doing them was bad. Yeah. See, I liked one aspect of them, which was that I would bomb and then I would close Zoom <laughs> and I'm already out of the gig. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But like, you know, when you bomb in real life, then you have to like avoid eye contact with everyone there as you try to I exit had somebody the venue. come from a Zoom gig that I did during lockdown to my live show. I think they preferred me on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I had that as well because I did Kirsty Weebex. Yeah, I did Kirsty Weebex Zoom gig, and they came along from that. Yeah, they preferred you. On I mean, Zoom. I think they didn't mind it, but I think that they like. Well, clearly, the Zoom gig was good enough to prompt a call to action of yes. them coming and seeing me perform live comedy. <laughs> and I don't know if me performing live comedy had the same impact. Right? <laughs> Maybe they saw your legs and were like, "I don't need this. I, I just need He's, the torso uh, yeah. and the head and the neck." I just want him in a box that I can make smaller and move to a corner <laughs> of a screen while I do something else. Yeah, it was. Um, but that, like, it works. But I'm going to finish up with my my big hot take on this topic, which oh, is, yeah. uh, I think that. Uh, men should have to work from home for 20% less because that way it solves the wage gap problem. Well, well, well. And women women will stop getting sexually harassed in the office because all the men will be at home. Yeah, with um, strong internet connections. No man's ever been able to sexually harass a woman over the internet. We've done it. (laughs) Pete, 
Uh, thank you so much for being hey. on the first ever Michael, episode. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining me for the first and last ever episode of Topical <laughs> with Michael Shaver. Have you got anything to plug? You've got a fantastic podcast yourself that you yes. do with Luke and Marlon Adam Knox. Spooky. Get over there and listen to Ooh Spooky on whatever podcast platform you listen to podcasts. Absolutely. And check you out on, oh, on my Instagram. Instagram. The Peter the Jones. Why did you go with the Peter the Jones? Was that because I assume Peter Jones was taken Peter in all Jones forms. obviously taken. And then on Twitter, I was Peter the Jones. But then when I went to get an Instagram account, Peter the Jones was taken. So I went with the Peter the Jones. And that was not taken. Not taken. Fantastic. Surprisingly. <laughs> that clunky, <laughs> difficult to remember. That double prepositioned the username. The Peter the Jones, not taken. What if, would you have got, would you prefer the Peter the Jones over a Peter A. Jones? <laughs> Should have gone Peter Jones comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not too late to change the handle. No. Okay. It's too late to change the handle. Guys, look up the Peter the Jones on Instagram and the TikTok, all that stuff. Yeah, it's also the Peter the Jones over there. Fantastic, mate. What an opening episode of the podcast this has been. Thank We've made history me. together. <laughs> I love having you on. And hopefully, once we get through Friendly Geordies, Joe Hildebrand, and Carrie Ann Kennelly, we'll have you back <laughs> on in a few weeks. Three big ones. Three big ones. you got to get them. <laughs> <laughs>